Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Well, Pastor David, my friend, um, yes, I do believe I'm on assignment from the Lord to be here with you. You know, like you, we, 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 it's, it's not easy to travel because it's challenge. It's got its challenges, but when you're on assignment from the Lord, you have to go because the Lord wants to do something. And uh, so, thank you for being obedient, Pastor David. And uh, we didn't even plan on it being Super Bowl weekend, but uh, we could be planning this a while back. But uh, here we are. So we're going to call it rebranded Supernatural Weekend. Correct. All right, let's go. Come on, somebody say amen. But I just want to tell you, I love you, man. And uh, I thank God for the gift on your life and the grace on your life. And uh, I thank you for our friendship. And uh, I thank God for the leaders that are around here. Good, you got some good people, some good leaders, some good elders. And when you have good leaders around you, that means God's going to do something great. And so I challenge you leaders, keep stepping up to the plate. And let's keep opening up more campuses. And let's keep going forward. Saving souls. Making disciples. Setting the captive free. Shout like we're in it to win it. Come on, give God a praise. So, uh, wow, the anointing's strong. Glory to God. Glory to God. I was driving here and one of the young men said, we had a baptism of the Holy Spirit yesterday. He didn't get the Holy Spirit. He said, I said, okay, you want it right now? So from Kendall to here, he got, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he's in the car and he's like, oh my God, it's so hot. I said, that's the fire, brother. <laughs> that's not chili, dog. That's the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so that was a cool experience. Today I'm going to talk to you from the subject of the fire of God prepares us for the next. The fire of God. This young man here, is this, is that's your dad. Thank God for that. I never had that. I never had a dad. He left me. Thank God for your father. Come on, thank God that you have this man of God here. God bless you. God bless you, man. Come on, give God a praise for legacy. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. The fire of God. Say the fire of God. Because the whole day I, I've been feeling this spirit, like pulling on my spirit. Because, you know, some people, you preach and they just check you out. Others, you preach and they're just pulling out of you. And this young man right here has been pulling out of me all morning. Because you can just feel like vacuum. Thinking, this guy, who's this guy? He's got this hunger. Well, it makes sense. That's where you got it from, really. Your mom, your dad. Come on, give God a praise for the legacy, brother. <laughs> hunger. The fire of God. Say the fire of God. If we were in Alabama, we would say the fire of God. <laughs> fire. <laughs> How do they say in Australia? Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> and how do they say it in Tokyo? Fire. <laughs> they say in Spanish, fire. <laughs> Somebody say the fire, fire. of God, God prepares us 
for the next. Look at your neighbor and say, what's next for you? That's the wrong neighbor. Turn to the good-looking neighbor, the other one. I'm just kidding. Some of you did it. That's terrible. I was, I was kidding. So obedient. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, what's next? Tell him, God is preparing you for what's coming next. And it's bigger, better, greater than you've ever seen before. Though your beginning is small, yet your latter end shall increase greatly. Jesus told the disciples, don't step in to this next season that I have for you of ministry and life without the baptism of fire. He said, just wait in Jerusalem until you get hit with the juice. And when that fire hits you, fire, come on, fire, you're going to be ready to go. Why? Because the fire of God, fuego, burns out of us what the heavenly father didn't put in us. It burns out of us unnecessary things, sinful things, fearful things, limitation. It burns out of us oppression, depression, everything that says you can't. When the fire shows up, the next thing you says, I can. Come on. From from backsliding, betraying Peter to, you know what? You can crucify me upside down. I'm going to preach this gospel from one part of the earth to the other. Somebody shout fire from God. I'm a bit concerned with the church. The Lord had given me a download a few months back in July. And he actually told me, and, I, and I was, this was one of the first churches I brought, I, I came and ministered to after that was, Neil, I want you to bring the fire of God to America. And I'm going to open the doors now. And it's because I was, the Lord knew in my heart, I was kind of like about America and the church in America. We've, we've been able to build big buildings. And we've been able to grow large churches. But I'm concerned that we have become the Laodicean church. That we have become a church with form but no passion. We have form but no power. And that, that's where a spirit of religion comes in. But I believe in this hour, God is raising up revival centers all over America that we're not going to settle just for big, but we want power. And I believe you can have both in this last day. Come on, clap. Like we're not just going to be big, but we're going to carry power. I said we're not just going to be big, but we're going to carry authority in the spirit realm. Somebody shout like our church is going to become a well of spring of life. Our church is going to be a place of deliverance where the community can come and watch God set them free. Glory to God. He said, when the power comes, you're going to actually be a witness. And I'll talk to you more about that tonight, stepping into destiny. God's fire brings, wow. It said you'll literally be a witness. That word witness means martyr. So you'll be willing to sacrifice some things in order to step into new things. 
And that's the methodology of God throughout the scripture. You'll find God saying, I want you to sacrifice this, whatever this is, because I'm going to do this in your life. And if I don't, if you don't sacrifice this, then I cannot give you this. The fire of God brings separation from unnecessary things, sinful things, fearful things. And sometimes things are not easy to let go of. But when the fire of God comes, it is a grace from the Lord because it becomes an empowerment on our lives to all of a sudden where it was so hard to maybe let something go. It was so hard to walk away from something. It was so hard to to step away from this thing. When the fire of God comes, it actually enables you, empowers you to be able to say, you know what? A year ago, I couldn't walk away from that. But now I have the fire of God and the strength of God and the ability of God. And this fire is working in my life. So now I can walk away so I can step into my destiny. I can step into my assignment. Come on, I'm prophesying. I can step into purpose. And sometimes God actually brings ministries into our paths. Ministries that carry an anointing and a fire and they help shift us into different seasons. That's why it's important that we do bring guest speakers out. We bring ministry gifts out that carry something that we maybe we don't carry. Because when they release that over us, it helps us to break away from limitation and fear and unbelief. And it helps us to break into something new. I believe this whole weekend is about God bringing ministry gifts to this house to break us free from the norm and step us into some new kind of season that God has for our lives. Somebody shout like you believe it's true. fire of God will separate us from unclean and unnecessary things in the book of Joel chapter 2 it said blow the trumpet in Zion consecrate a fast call a sacred assembly gather the people and here it is sanctify the congregation man when God starts talking like this and he starts talking about sanctification or separation. You, you, have to, you have to train your mind to go, man, if God's talking to me about, you could use the word consecration, sanctification, holiness. It's, it, it entails all the same principles of, of I'm going to walk away from this so I could step into this. Even in the book of Joshua chapter 3 where God says, sanctify the people for tomorrow I'm going to do wonders among you. What he's saying is, right now you guys are living in a wilderness, a a season of just getting by. But God said, I'm going to take all this million people, and I'm going to actually take you and your families from a land of just enough, and I'm going to move you into a land of more than enough. A a, a land, you're in a land of just enough, but I'm going to move you into a land of abundance. And he said, in order for me to do it, though, I have to sanctify the people. And that's a principle throughout the scripture you're going to find out. And this is what you have to pay attention to because the job of the Holy Spirit is to, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to show us things to come. So what happens is the Holy Spirit will begin to drop and put in our hearts things that are coming our way, opportunities, breakthrough, blessing. And, And sometimes he'll make it pretty clear. He won't show you everything, but he'll pretty much show you, okay, this is what's coming your way. And he, and he puts a vision of what's coming. And then he says, okay, but in order for us to go there, we're going to have to prepare here. 
And part of that preparation is the word called sanctification, holiness, or separating from things. Sometimes it's separating from sin. Other times it's separating just from unnecessary things. Let me give you an example. Um, When the Lord, I was single for many years. I was 28 when I got married. But I got saved at 19, so I was was single a long time. Lord Jesus, come on somebody. I'm not going to... So I said, pray for me for being single. Maybe I'm not the guy you should pray for. You know what I mean? Because I was single a long time. But I know why. It's because the Lord had to do a work in my life. And I remember even at one time, there was, me and this girl were dating. And it was, it was, there was no sin involved. It was pure. And, but I remember sitting in the pastor's office. I was, I was with my pastor, working with my pastor. And I remember she was... Spoke to me in what I call slang. How many of the Holy Ghost will meet you at your level? And he, and the Holy Ghost told me this, and he knew this is what it would it would it would it would make me you know do what I had to do. The Holy Ghost said, "Why?" This is it. Are you ready for this? <laughs> the Holy Ghost told me, "Why are you messing with somebody else's old lady?" Now for me, yeah. See, it's like oh. And I was like, and I knew what it meant. And the Holy Spirit said, if you sow that into this relationship, then that's what you're going to reap in your future wife. And do you want anybody messing with her? I said, no. He said, then right now, this relationship's over. It's not sinful, but it's unnecessary. And if you hold on to this, I'm not going to be able to give you that. So when she came in, she came in, you know, and I'm like freaked out. Come on. I'm a, like I saw a ghost and I go, it's over (laughs) and she's like what and it was painful it it, it tore my heart out and for a while I vacillated like maybe we'll go back and maybe not and maybe I don't begin to reason and the reasoning comes in but see what the fire of God does it makes everything very clear on what you're supposed to do and so I had to stay in the fire of God. I had to stay in that anointing. I had to stay in that presence. Because every time I got in his presence, it was clear. She's not the one for you. I have her for somebody else. And I have somebody else for you. She went on, got married, had a bunch of children, got in ministry, did a great thing. And they're, 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 they're blessed today. And I remember I was walking along with the Lord. And I remember going, uh, I was at a church. I was visiting a church at that time. And I remember being at a water fountain drinking in the cool of the day, sipping water, you know, and all of a sudden I get a tap on the shoulder, and I look up, and lo and behold, the glory of the Lord showed up, (laughs) and I saw the most beautiful, what I call her, my Japanese queen, come on somebody, I looked at her, and I'm like, come on somebody, I started speaking in tongues, Swahili, Hebrew, I started speaking Japanese, boy, konnichiwa. Come on, somebody. Man, I looked at her, and I had to be cool because I was an evangelist. You know, when you're evangelist, you got to be cool. I was, so I was cool. I was real cool. Yeah, what's going on, girl? Come on. <laughs> and I looked at her, and inside I had like the running man. Like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, uh, uh. I was like, oh, my God. But I had to be cool. You know, I got to be cool. I'm a Latin. You got to be cool. Come on, somebody. So I'm like, oh yeah, what's up? Okay, cool. And I got, I, I left, and I left. And I pull out of the parking lot. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, Lord. And I went straight to Mama's house. Cause when you don't know what to do, you go to Mama's house. Come on, somebody. 
I said, Mama, I found the one. And she goes, okay, me all good. <laughs> but when she met her, she goes, oh, my God, that's her. And I remember praying this prayer to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you give me her, man, I'll go to the jungles of Nicaragua to Chapalapa. That's a real place, by the way. Come on, somebody. And I'll live there forever. Come on. Just let me go with her. <laughs> And it, 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 it was a wonder to me. I, but the, from the lifestyle I had come from and the background I had and the world I came from, for the Lord to give me a woman like that was a gift from my father. And I would have missed out on God's best for good. And sometimes you got to turn in good for great. Like five claps and a half an amen, huh? So what you're saying is... <laughs> and so... <laughs> Come on, somebody. And you know what? It's amazing. She's given me three beautiful children. And, man, like... Like, she's preaching right now on, on YouTube. At the church, live. My wife, wow. And I just like watch her like, wow. Like when she's preaching, I have a hard time. Because I'm like, good message. Oh yeah, it was great. Because <laughs> I'm just amazed. But I'm telling you, God wants to do that in many of your lives. And not just in one area, but in every area. He wants to move this church from a good season into a great season. From a land of just enough to a land of more than enough. If you believe it, would you put your hands together and say, God, I receive it right now. Come on, somebody. And, and, and throughout scripture and in my own life, I've noticed every time God moves me into another level of wonder, into that exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or imagine season. You know that, oh my God blessing? Nobody's ever had that? You know what I'm talking about. You sat there and they gave you the job and you're like, oh my God. Come on, somebody. You got approved for the house? Oh my God. Come on, somebody. You got the phone call? Oh my God. And it's just like, you just your face goes like, because it's the goodness of the Lord that comes upon you. And you realize, God did it. Oh my God, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I wouldn't even made it. But now I'm not just making it. I'm not just surviving. I'm thriving. And God gave me a blessing and a breakthrough. Oh my God, come on, somebody act like we're going to step into an OMG season. And I've had a lot of these moments in my life. A lot of them. And I just had one on the way here. I actually got two of them. I mean, I should come here more. I got, this is like a good place. But I believe it wasn't a coincidence that I'm carrying that right now. On the way here to the airport, I get a phone call. I've been waiting for it for five years. That the building that holds 4,000 students, that we could train 4,000 disciples. They said, listen, this, I want to build. In four months, they're going to vote against it. Would you, do you want the building? I said, do I want the building? <laughs> oh my God, come on. Right? 
But you know, that didn't just happen. We prayed into that. We sowed into that. We prepared leadership for that. We're equipped for it. We've been digging the ditches. And God's going to fill the water. Because God, before he does the miracle, must prepare us for what he's about to do. I'm believing that some of you are going to get that, that kind of phone call in 2019. I'm believing things that you've been believing God for. Oh, Rabakanda. Lord, thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of you have been believing God for years for a breakthrough, for a pregnancy, for a facility. But in the name of Jesus, prepare your vigils for the Lord is about to do wonders. Shout yeah! He said, "On before he, there was a, a, a miracle where he was going to feed 5,000 people, men. If it was Latin, it's probably 40,000. Because, you know, we have a lot of kids. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we'll say 20,000. Just say it was like average. 20,000 people. He's about to feed them. And this whole 20,000 member congregation is about to experience a spirit of multiplication. And I'm going to minister on that a little bit tonight because I believe that's what the Lord wants to produce here at Brave, a spirit. And it is an anointing to multiply. And he's about to release this anointing of multiplication. And, and, and he's, he said, okay, what, what do you have to feed the people? And they bring them two fish and they bring them five loaves of bread. And they bring it to him, but the Lord says, okay, this is what I need. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release the multiplication, but I need you to prepare for it. Because if you don't prepare for it, I cannot do it. And all of a sudden he says, I want you to sit all these 20,000 people in groups of 50. So they must have took them hours. Okay, 50, 50, 50, 50. Once everybody was prepared, then they came to the Lord and they said, okay, Lord, we did what you instructed. Then the Lord did the exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. He, he released the multiplication and all 20,000 people were fed. And there was even left over for the disciples. And what does that tell us? That tells us without preparation, God can't release the blessing. Imagine if God released the spirit of multiplication and the people weren't ready. Little kids would have been trampled. Women would have been trampled. Men would have been trampled. People would have died there. And we wouldn't have that great testimony. What would have been a blessing would have turned out to be a curse because the people weren't prepared. And that's why God always talks about sanctification before he releases blessing. So we're prepared. So the blessing is a blessing and not a curse. Come on, clap. Like, see, come on. Because sometimes... When we start hearing words like separate from unclean things, separate from unnecessary things, sometimes when we hear it, our mind's so carnal, we think, oh, no, 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 I don't want to hear holiness, I don't want to hear, but what you have to train the psyche, the mind, and the heart is when God starts talking to me about holiness and separation and prayer and consecrating, what he's really trying to say is get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready, because I'm moving you, I'm shifting you, I'm transferring you to another level say yeah you didn't say yeah say yeah why yeah because that's how we do it in LA yeah means amen yeah means yes lord yeah means so be it somebody shout yeah separate us lord for what's next lord 
Separate us, Lord, for what you have next in our lives. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow I will do wonders among you. God, God, first he hit Joshua with that message. And then from Joshua to the leaders and to the leaders to the congregation. And the next thing you know, they were all sanctified and ready to be transferred into another season. I believe I'm not here by accident. I believe I'm not here by coincidence. I believe if I get anything done today is I'm going to get this done. Brave church, it's time to sanctify because the Lord is going to do wonders among you and what God has done so far has been outstanding but what he's about to do eye has not seen and ear has not heard or either has entered the heart of man the things that not a man God has prepared for Miami somebody shout like revival is coming to Miami what God does Somebody shout, I'm in the Holy Ghost. Listen. What God does, he'll drop in your heart, David. You're not normal. You're, You're peculiar. What does it mean to be a peculiar church? The word peculiar means a little strange, a little weird, a little different. Got skinny jeans and holes. Got revival. Come on, somebody. It's it's a little different. (laughs) What the Lord does, he drops a revival spirit in you. And he makes you long for it. And then he, he begin to open up windows to peek into where it's happening. Then he'll connect you with relationship to train you for what he's about to do. And the Lord said, David, the Lord has been doing a work in your life and you passed the test and he prepared your spirit. Get ready for the latter rain, my son. Somebody give God praise. Say yeah, man. You good? See or no? So what does that mean? Yes or no? It's Spanish. Come on, somebody. What is the thing you gave me yesterday? That was demonic, brother. What are they called? Empanada. Brother, those things are so good. I bind that spirit. I'm trying to diet over here, and he gave me empanada. And he goes, these are the best in all of Miami. And I, and I guess they were. And I ate them. I'm like, I come against you right now. Come on now. You guys ready for some more? Okay, say prepared. Prepared. We gotta be ready for the blessing. You gotta be ready for what God's gonna faith. And you can't go forward into what God has trying to hold on to that, because that's not faith. Faith says, God, I know you're speaking to me about the future. I, I may I, I, I may not see it all. It may not be all clear, but I know there's something there, and I know you're telling me to walk away from this in order to step into that. But if you hold on to that, that's not faith. And faith is the vehicle required for the next season. That's why he says Jesus is the author and the finisher. So I have to, I'm focused on this, but I need to focus on what Jesus is doing here. So I have to be willing to walk away from this. Yeah. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. God, this is like, I feel like I'm on a zone right now. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Read it with me. Say, lay aside every weight. You notice it didn't say sin? Because some, that relationship I had with that girl wasn't sinful. It wasn't. We weren't in sin. 
I swear, we, we held hands like this is the biggest thing we did. We didn't even kiss. I was like a holy child. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And I went from, I went from like, ooh, ooh, to like, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I mean, God can do that to you. So, but but, it, but it, was, it was a weight. It was unnecessary. Oh, God, help me here. You know, let me say this, and we'll say that, and we'll say this. I did a sermon in the beginning of the year. It was funny. I called it Lose the Weight. And I, I go ahead and turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm just kidding. Come on, somebody. Some of you get hit in the face. I go, what? Some of you are going to walk home after that. Now watch. But I preach on lose the weight. And I say, you know, the new year, everyone wants to lose the weight. One of my friends put a post on Instagram. It was hilarious. He had all these, like, at the gym. Because he's, like, into working out. So he had all these, uh, like, his Instagram. He's showing all these people. Like, every machine is full. Every machine is full. And it's, like, late, you know. And, 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 he's, and he's, like, I'm so happy for all these people you know, making their resolution. He goes, but I can't wait for like two weeks when they're all gone. <laughs> and I was thinking about how we make New Year's resolutions to lose the weight. To that. But how many know we're going to make resolution to lose the spiritual weight and the sin in our lives so we can step into what God has for our future? Come on, say amen. Now, but one of the things God wants to strip out of our lives is not just sinful things, but it's also the unnecessary things. And it's the unnecessary things that I think the enemy uses as much as he does the sinful things. Because if the enemy uh, can't get you to sin, he'll try to get you so busy, he'll wear you out. He'll wear you out. And I, one thing I noticed, a tendency in the church right now, is a lot of people are wore out. And because we're a big leadership culture, I think we have 350, 400 small group leaders, and every Wednesday we have these leadership. And I see sometimes where leaders... Um, They'll quit the, the, the discipleship. They'll quit making, changing lives. And, they'll, and when you sit them down, you, you, they'll say things like, oh, I'm just overwhelmed. It's just too much. And, and so you don't want to be like a cruel leader. So you're like, okay, let's sit down and talk. And 99.9% of the time, we realize uh, it's not the ministry that's putting the pressure on them. It's all the other stuff that the Lord never told them to do. Wow. 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 <sighs> Yeah, and the first thing they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll say, I'm going to quit ministry. I'm going to quit serving. I'm going to quit running a group. And that's actually the worst thing to do because the, biblically, that's a commandment if you're a Christian. You're commanded to serve God. You're commanded to make disciples. It's not a, it's not a great suggestion. It, everybody here, is, God said, you're going to serve me and you're going to make disciples one day. Everybody. And so to step away from that, you're actually stepping away from God's will. And then and you sit them down and you, you realize, oh my God, you have all this extracurricular activity that God never put on your life, men put on your life, family members put on your life, other people put on your life, but God never put that on you. And that's what's wearing you out. And you're going to surrender God's purpose. Watch, you're going to give it up because you're tired and wore out, but it had nothing to do with God. It's you. You don't have sin in your life, but you have unnecessary things in your life. And if you're going to step into what God has, you don't just got to strip off sin. You got to strip off the unnecessary things, the encumbrance, the things that are holding you back, the things that God never told you to be a part of. You can't volunteer for everything everywhere all the time. You got to be wise with your time. You got you to be wise with your family. You got to be wise with your finances. You got to be wise with your health. You got to be wise in serving God, and you got to be wise in your career. That's your focus. You get your good family, you get a good financial thing going on, you get health, you get the vision of Jesus Christ in your life, and you get a career, and that's it. You don't need to add all this stuff that's going to stop you from serving God. The devil is a liar. Because some of you have walked away from serving God because you said, I don't have time. 
But really what you said is my life is so full of other things and other priorities that I don't have time for God's will. That's a falsehood. That's not a reality. And what happens when the fire of God hits your life, it, well, come on, somebody, it aligns your priority and you see, you know what? I can do all things through Christ. I can have a great family. I can have good finance. I can have good health. I can do God's will and I can have a good career. Somebody shout like you can do it all. Wow. So we have to sit with people now. Now we call it the, with our leaders, we call it the, 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 the four F's. And we do a discipleship like that with our leaders now. Every month. Because it's like your finance, your family, your fitness, and the vision of, of Christ. And we talk to them to teach them priority. And sure enough, every time you meet them, oh, this thing's trying to come on and this thing. Because the devil, if he can't get you to sin, he'll get you so busy like Martha where you're all burned out and you, have, you, want, you don't have time for the other priorities that God says you must take care of. God gave you family. God gave you finance. God gave you health. And God gave you a vision. Come on, give God praise. This is really helping somebody. I can feel it. I, I got to hurry up. I'm out of time. Okay, so say, lay aside every weight. Nobody's, okay, say, lay aside every weight. Come on. Every weight. Lay aside every weight. Why? Because this year, we want to be light. We want to be light. We don't want to be all bogged down. We don't want to be heavy. We want to be light. We want to be like... Come on, somebody. And the sin, which so easily ensnares us, and that's iniquity. That's the generational sins. Those are the sins that have been in your life all these years, even before you were a Christian. And these are the sins for some of you could see, man, my dad had that, my mom had that, and now it's in my life. That depression, that whatever the bondage is, those are the sins he's talking about. The, easy, the, the ones that are the iniquity. He says, get rid of those. Remove those out of your life. Those are hindrances. And he said, why? He said, because we, we, we need to run with endurance, the race. Because this race is not to the quick. It's not a first round knockout. It's not a second round knockout. This is a 12 rounder. This is a 14-rounder. This is, you know, 12-round championship round. And your enemy's getting tired, and you're just, choo, choo, choo. Come on, somebody. This is rope-a-dope. Come on, this is, this is, this is it. You're not hearing me? Okay, you're not boxers here? Okay. Watch. Okay, and then he says this. He said, the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And Isaiah, I don't have time to read it all, but Isaiah was being called by God to deliver a people and set people free and move, into an, move Israel into another season. And then he has this encounter with the fire of God. And when the fire of God showed up in Isaiah's life, God, the first thing he comes in, and, and, I mean, this is a crazy encounter. Like this angel of fire, the seraphim shows up. He's got like this coal, this big like uh, t- tongs, you know, like you get the meat. He's got this tongs, he's got a coal of fire. He's like putting it in his mouth. And Isaiah's like, ah. He's like, and Isaiah tells the angel, tells the Lord over this encounter, he's like, I'm unclean. I'm not qualified for the next level. And then, he, then he, and then he says, and the people you want me to go help, they're unclean. They're not qualified either. And the next thing you know, the angel says, now he got this fire and he burned it out. He says, now you're qualified. Because the fire God qualifies us for the next season. It purifies us. That refiner's fire. You ever, you ever seen how, how the gold smith gets gold? They get the gold out of the earth and it's full of dirt. And there's gold, but there's dirt. And they put the fire under that, that dirt and that gold. And then the fire it separates from the dirt. Then the, black, the goldsmith takes the gold, throws away the dirt, and now they make something beautiful. And that's what the fire of God will do in our lives. It takes out the dirt, the junk, 
the stuff that doesn't belong. That's why the Bible said in a great house, in a great house, which I believe everyone here is, is a great house. You're a great house. But it said even in a great house, he says, there's like, basically he says there's cockroaches. Come on, somebody. <laughs> in my house is a nice house. But, you know, we've been having this ants lately. And I'm thinking, this is a great house. But we have ants. You know, there's cockroaches. I don't have cockroaches, but maybe you do. But it's this great house and it's got bugs. How I many? we don't want the bugs. We got to get the bugs out. And that's what God says. I'm going to get the bugs out. I'm going to get the ants out. I'm going to get the cockroaches out. Come on, some. I'm going to get all that out because this is a great house and this stuff doesn't belong in a great house. Somebody act like God's going to prepare us for what he has for us. Clap one more time. Somebody act like God's going to prepare us. Come on, clap like God's going. No, sorry, Lord. No, God is preparing us for what he has for us. And this is what I love about brave life. This is what I love about your church, your pastor. It's what I love about it. I mean, pastor, you came all the way to L.A. I mean, it's intimidating. It's big. It's crazy, right? And then we're in a revival. You could have been insecure. and you know, no, But you're like, no. No, I, I, I know our people need this. This is what they need. And we set this whole elaborate thing up for, it's called lifestyle of freedom. You call it brave life, but it's basically simple. It's teaching people how to get rid of the weight in their life. And it's teaching people how to get rid of the sin in their life so they can step into purpose and destiny. And it's amazing to me that some of the people we never thought would be great leaders, never thought they could be great, effective families, and, and we never thought they could be prosperous. We, when you looked at them at a glimpse, oh, no. But after they went through lifestyle of freedom, and they got rid of the weight, and they got rid of the sin, and they got rid of those iniquities and those generational curses, all of a sudden, those same people that didn't look like they can really step into destiny and purpose, now they're some of our greatest leaders. And thank God that the Lord has given you a gift called brave life. He's given you a gift to set men free come on give God a praise like we're grateful for that and I honor you for that I really do and, 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 and from the last time I was here to this time it's like a co- completely different church you can feel the people maturing just having conversations you, you could just already sense the lives are changing and it, you just started David in five years from now you're going to have thousands and thousands of people thousands that are going to be so grateful because their lives are going to be changed. I love church on Sunday morning. It's a great thing, and we believe in it. But you know what? It's not enough sometimes. You need more. And that's why God gave you brave life. So you can get the coaches. You can get the support. You can get the help you need to get free from the weight and the sin. So God can move you into destiny. 2019, me being here right now, is not an accident. It's God trying to tell you, get ready, get ready, get ready. Prepare yourself because I'm going to move you and your family into a whole come on shout in here another level I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and I close with this if everyone could stand on your feet point number three the fire of God will burn out of us our past failure our past mistake in order to trailblaze a greater future I think of the story of the great prophet Moses and Moses is really running from God. He's, he's, he's running because of his past. He's trying to hide out. And Moses comes up to this burning bush. And out of the bush, the Lord speaks to him. It represents the fire of God. 
And Moses is about to, God's about to talk to Moses about amazing things. He's going to tell Moses, Moses, you're actually not what you think you are. You're living at this level, but I have much more for you. I'm going to make you a great deliverer of my people. And, and you're going to take my people from a land of poverty and bondage. And you're going to journey them into a land of abundance. This is my call on your life. But before God ever mentions that, he tells Moses, Moses, I need you to take your sandals off. Because the place you're standing is holy ground. It's separated. And what God was saying to Moses, you got to take those sandals off. And I thought, sandals? What's the big deal about Adidas? Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it wasn't just the sandals. Those sandals represented his past. Represented him being abandoned as a child. Represent him, him never fitting in. Representing him murdering. Representing him running away. And God said, all that has to be let go of at the fire of God right here. And once he took the sandals off, then the Lord said, now you're ready to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses went in that anointing and that fire. And he accomplished the purpose and the plans of God. And some of you here today, you got some sandals on. Maybe some failure. Maybe some pain. Maybe some mistakes. And God says, I can't let you take that into the next level. Because when you stand before your Pharaoh, you can't say, family, go. Pharaoh, um, could you please let my family go? No, you have to stand there confident, knowing you've been washed and you've been cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you could tell Pharaoh, I don't stand here on my own. I stand here in the might of God. I got to give you a prophetic word. I love prophetic preaching. Thank you, Lord. Some of you feel like you're not qualified to stand in front of your Pharaoh. You feel like you're not qualified for the next level living. Kind of like the children of Israel. That's how they limited God. And you've limited God because of what you've gone through. But can I submit something to you today? The devil puts you through a lot of you here. He put you through hell. And he did it to destroy you. He did it to take you out. To cripple your thinking. To put an insecurity and a fear and a bondage in you. That you would never step into greatness. But if you would submit that to God. God will take what the devil meant to destroy your life. And God will make it turn around for your good. And God will use you to help others who've been broken. Who've been abused. Who've been dropped. Who've been let down. This city needs more deliverers. And I believe I'm looking at a whole bunch of deliverers that need to take their sandals off and say, you know what? I'm going to let go of the weight. I'm going to let go of the sin. 
I'm going to let go of the fear. I'm going to let go of the failure. I'm going to let go of my shortcoming. And you know what? If God is for me, then who can be against me? Who's ready to step up in the calling? I want to pray with you today. If that's you, can you give me the honor to pray with you? You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to step in to this next season. I'm going to ask you to get out of your chair. I'm going to ask you to come to the front because I want to pray with you today. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come now. When I got saved, I wasn't all there. And people would make fun of me because I wasn't all there. Because I've been, I've been through hell, you know. And abuse breaks you. And I was broken. But I started encountering the fire of God. And I would go. Every time there was an altar, I just, I'd stay there. And I noticed the more I spent time with God, the better I got. This is not just one-time encounter weekend. This is why we started Brave Life. This is something we're going to train you in. So the fire of God is a lifestyle. And I guarantee you, from now, yield to that fire of God. You're going to look back in your life in a year or two or five years from now. And you're going to be astonished at what God does in your life. Don't limit God to what you've been through. Don't limit God to your talent or even your gifting. No, when you develop the fire of God, you have a stutterer named Moses becoming the greatest prophet of the land because the fire of God will transform you, deliver you, raise you, empower you. I want to pray for people this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And you're far from God today. I'm going to pray for three groups of people today. The first group of people I want to pray for are for those of I asked you a simple question. If you left this church today and your heart stopped and you died, are you ready to go to heaven when you die? Because so many people think that they're ready and they're not ready. They think that they're ready because they go to church, but nowhere in the Bible does it say because you go to church, you get to go to heaven when you die. Others say, but Pastor Jason, I went to catechism, Sunday school. Surely I should be able to go to heaven when I die. Nowhere in the Bible does it say Sunday school or catechism will get you to heaven when you die. Others say, but pastor, I wear religious jewelry. I was dedicated to the church. That's nothing wrong with that. But in the end, in the Bible doesn't say because you were dedicated or because you have religious jewelry, you're going to get to heaven when you die. Others say, but pastor, I serve in the church. I sing on the choir. Surely I should be able to go to heaven when I die. Those are good things. But none of those will get you to heaven when you die. Others say, but pastor, I'm a good person. Well, there's nowhere in the Bible that say because you're a good person, you get to go to heaven when you die. As a matter of fact, the Bible said even at your best, it's like a dirty, filthy rag before God. You can't earn your way into heaven. Others say, but pastor, I believe in God. My friend, even demons believe they're not going to heaven. As a matter of fact, there's only one way to heaven when you die. It's not my way or, or some well-meaning preacher or even a priest's way. But Jesus Christ said it this way. If you're going to get to heaven when you die, then you must be, you have to be, born again. So the question I have for you today is, are you born again? You may say, but pastor, what does that even mean? It simply means 
and you've given Jesus Christ all of your heart and all of your life. If you have never done that, my friend, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand high and bold. One, raise it to God. But number two, raise it so I know who I'm praying for today. And together, we're going to, call, we're going to pray the prayer that the Bible calls the prayer of salvation. And I believe today, you're going to get born again. You're going to get right with God for the very first time. And some of you are saying, Pastor, I don't want to raise my hand. I'm going to be embarrassed. Maybe. Probably. But I'd rather be embarrassed in a room full of people that are going to love and support me than get to heaven and God say, I'm sorry, I can't let you in. No. For the Bible said, if you deny God in front of men, he denies you the entry into heaven. Don't let the fear of man stop you today. When I count to three, you lift your hand high and you lift your hand bold. The second group of people I need to pray for today are for those in this place that say, Pastor, I've walked with God before, but I've strayed away. And today I need a fresh start. I need a second chance with God. I want to get right with God again. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to lift your hand up also. I want to pray with you too. And you may say, but pastor, uh, you know, I've sinned, I've messed up, I did all that. No, don't worry about that. Today's your day to get your life right with God for the first time or again. And the third group of people I need to pray for are for those that say, pastor, I want to serve God this year. I want to get water baptized and I want to start serving God this year. If that's you, when I say three, I want you to lift your hand high and I want you to lift your hand bold and I'm going to pray with you too. Some of you are asking yourself that question. I wonder if he's talking to me. If you have to ask yourself that question, the answer is yes, I'm talking to you. So if you're one of these three people, when I count to three, raise your hand high, raise it bold. Please, no looking around. Saints, praying softly. If you need to get born again, right with God for the first time, or you need a fresh start with God, a second chance, or you say, Pastor, I'm ready to serve God this year. I want to be water baptized and I want to serve God. When I say three, lift your hand high, lift it bold. And I just felt to say this right now. Some of you say, but Pastor, I'm high right now. I'm on drugs. Listen, when I came to Jesus Christ, I was high on acid. God didn't tell me to get sober and come. He said, come just like you are. Today is your day of salvation. So with every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around, if you're one of these three people, when I say three, raise your hand high, raise it bold. I want to pray for you now. Hands are already going up. Are you ready? If you're one of these three, are you ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand all over the room. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's about 60 of you. This is what we're going to do. If you raised your hand, I want to pray with you now. This whole middle section, I'm going to ask you to open this up. Just open it up because there's about 60 people going to come in. Just kind of step to your right and step to your left. If you raised your hand and you're serious, so is God and so am I. I want you to get out of your chair and I'm going to give you time. Get your person and belongings. And whoever you came with today, I want you to get out of your chair and I want you to meet me right here in the front. And I'm going to ask those on this side and this side to step away because people are coming. Let's clap as they come. Brave life. Brave church. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Bring your loved one. Come on, clap as they come. If you raise your hand, come right now. I'm going to wait for you. You say, Pastor, I want to get born. Come on, keep clapping. Encourage them. I want to get born again. Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. Or Pastor, I want to get water baptized and I want to serve God in 2019. Come on, keep clapping as they come. Keep clapping as they come. Keep clapping as they come. If you raise your hand, come now. I'll wait for you. Come on, come on, brave. Clap as they come. Bring your friends. Bring your family. 
pray to your loved one. You say, I need to get born again. I want to get right with God. Keep clapping. This is where I encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. I want to get born again. I need a fresh start with God or I'm ready to be baptized and I want to serve God. One more time. Put those hands together as they come. Is there anybody else? I'm going to give you five more seconds. If you're anyone else, you say, Pastor, I need to get born again. Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. Or Pastor, I want to be water baptized and I want to serve God. I'm going to give you three more seconds. Get out of your chair and come. Two more seconds. Come now. Here they come. Come on, give God. They're still coming. They're still coming. Come on, put your hands together and give God a praise. Anybody else? It was Christmas. Actually, it was Easter last year. And the other story. Young man from Arizona stayed away. He had he had a he he came to our church because his parents had passed, and he came to California, LA, and he came on an Easter Sunday. And I preached this message about giving getting born again, getting your life right with God. And right there, he got his, gave his life to Jesus. Two weeks later, two weeks later, there was a there was a serial killer in our in our region, and they shot him on the street. They killed him. They killed him. And I was so obsessed with God, why, why, why? And the Lord said, the Lord said I, I'm not happy about it either. He goes, but son, don't worry about it. He's with me now. He's with me, and you'll see him again. And it hit me like, oh my God. If he didn't get right with God that day, he didn't even know in two weeks he was going to be dead. Don't play with your life. Some of you heard God say, go up to the front, but you didn't come. And God loves you enough, and so do I. I'm going to give you one more chance. Brave life, if you want to bring your friend or turn to your neighbor and say, they want to come, you, you bring them right now. I'm going to give you another chance. We don't want to play with this life, and we're not embarrassed about this because this is eternal life. I'm going to give you a few more seconds to get out of your chair and come. Brave life, come on, let's give God a praise as they come. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, all you that are here, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. You that come to get born again, you want a fresh start with God, or you're here to get baptized, and you want to serve God this year. Say this with me. Close your eyes and pray this from your heart. God's not impressed with our words. God listens to our heart. And pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross, for all my sins and I ask you to forgive me right now for my sins and Lord Jesus I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord and be the Savior of my life and I receive the Holy Spirit into my heart right now in Jesus name Amen look at me if you prayed that prayer there's a lot of you and you prayed that prayer for the first time or you prayed it again or you said today I want to be baptized and I want to serve God no matter if you prayed those three prayers you're all on the same page now you all need to get water baptized and start serving God we have our classes here pastor's going to come up right now he's going to tell you about them he's going to sign you up right after this we're going to dismiss you sign right up and for some of you that say you know what pastor I'm ready to go to the next level Tonight is brave life. I'll be here. That's the next level. Some of you are ready to go all in, and you can go all in. But every one of you need to go to the class, get baptized, and get set up so we can start serving God this year. Pastor David, I love you.
Come on, let's welcome up our pastor. Just stay right here. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.